Welcome to the Rise and Flow podcast with me, your host, Elaine, a 5-1 manifester and the goddess of fun. This is a space where we go deep into unlocking your magic so you can step into your power in your life and business. Tune in weekly with me and a host of expansive guests where we dive deep into areas such as energetics, spirituality and business so you can rise and flow. Welcome back, everybody. Today, I am joined in the studio with Benji Bennett, who is an award-winning author of the Adams Cloud books. We met each other in Barbados at the start of this year, him and his lovely wife, Jackie. And I'm bringing him on today, well, one, to share his inspirational story into how he became an author and how pain became his purpose. And also just the randomness of the universe bringing people together because we met going out on a sunset cruise and we had great crack, obviously. The only Irish people that were on the bus initially coming there. And then it turned out that we actually both, him and his wife and myself, all worked for the same billionaire back in the day. And we were just sharing our whole stories of, one, how much we worked, how we had no work-life balance, what the hell is the purpose in life. You can curse in this, by the way, even though you're a children's <laughs> book author. And I just was like, whoa, this is insane. And you guys obviously were giving us loads of advice and sharing your inspirational story. So welcome on. Thank you. And yeah, much. get cracking, Benji. I mean, I don't need to. I'm going to go like I said, we burnt the ears off each other for about like eight hours when we when we met each other on holidays. And yeah, you've got an inspirational story to tell. So go for it. Your journey yeah, out of the well, well, funny say we're the only Irish people on that sunset cruise, and we certainly made up for, for our small numbers in the, the fun and noise that we had. So it was brilliant. So, yeah, I, as you know, used to work in telecoms back in the day. I met Jackie through telecoms, and it was the usual nine to five, and then it was actually nine to nine, and then 24 hours, depending on what the job needed. And Back then, it was keep the weekends as free as possible. We had a family, and it was always that situation of you know work hard during the week take the weekends off and one bit of advice my dad gave me a long time ago he said winter is when you work summer is when you take the time out when the weather is nice so we always tried to really you know put the head down when it's dark and enjoy the wonderful world when it when it's brighter so it gives you something to look forward to and life is like that. You've got to work and you've got to have your fun time. It's about getting all that balance right. And we've all heard that a million times. So then we had our children, we had three children, and I had moved on to work in Vodafone and everything was great there. This was after, you know, losing a job, a bit of redundancy, figuring it all out and all the rest. I finally had this wonderful job in Vodafone that I absolutely adored. And we had our three children. Never really went out on the Friday for pubs. And that's actually an important part of my philosophy in life is that, you know, when you have family, you get such a reward back when you make certain sacrifices. So some people would be, I'm going to pub on a Friday night. Nothing wrong with that. My personal one was that, no, I won't. I'm going to come home. We'll have dinner and we're going to get up early the next morning and we're going to be out at our weekends, climbing mountains, in a park, walking a beach, going for a swim, doing whatever. And that for me was the work-life balance. And everyone talks about work and life balance. And then there's a social bit that goes in there. That's the third part of it that people forget. So a lot of the social bit was you meet friends, maybe. It was usually once a month that we'd go out on a big night. 
And then other times midweek, maybe we might go to the cinema or something like that. But we were up early the next morning. Anyway, so we're in a situation. We've got three children. I'm loving my job. We have Harry at six, Adam at four. Molly is, or Robbie is one years of age. And on the 13th of August, 2007, on my birthday, we lost Adam very suddenly to a brain tumour. We knew nothing about it. So this was our, it was during our summer down, we have a place down in British Bay where we go to, and we were just taking in nature, taking in the how lucky we were, spending time. And he came in on a Friday with a headache and he was gone on a Monday with an undiagnosed brain tumour. So it happened so suddenly and so quickly, we didn't know what hit us. But the moment it happened, two things happened. One, I knew that we would be okay because we'd spent so much time with them. And this was the important kind of, this is the whole bedrock of everything that I do. You know, if I went to the pub and if I didn't get up every morning and if I didn't bring them to their sport and if I wasn't trying to be the dad rugby coach in the in the local with the kids running around, you know, if I didn't read them their stories, if I didn't, you know, play sandcastles or go for a swim or dig the garden or cut the grass or make food together. All of those things that I did with them and just naturally, it wasn't all done in one day, but it was done over, you know, that short period that he was here. I said, we spent the time and I knew Adam and we didn't lose any time that we had with them because of a number of things. That's not to say we didn't go out and, as I said, you know, socially, but we were this unit. And so when that happened, there was a positive switch that kind of flicked in my brain of, okay, you know, we're going to be okay. And I turned to Jack and said, we just have to remind people of the importance of, you know, spending time as a family and doing those things. And it's a twofold thing. One, if you spend the time with your children, particularly from an early age, what you're doing then is you're building that resilience and confidence and that relationship of trust and communication and connection with them right from that early age. From zero to five is the most important time. And that's when you put that effort in. The rest of it is much easier. You have your relationship. You've built your family brand and your morals within them. You've shown them the magic and inspiration of nature through walks communication, chatting, vocabulary, everything. So that was the first thing, if you spend the time. If, unfortunately, you end up in a situation like myself and Jackie have, and there's a tragedy in your life or an accident or something, you have, then personally, you have that strength to carry on that you did spend time with them and you had fun with them and you didn't lose a second. And they're the two things. So it's a double family one the children you know get everything that they need in your relationship with them and their ability to succeed and have a work-life balance and have it all when they're older because you're giving them those tools um at an early age and those cognitive skills and then on the other hand me personally as a parent of having lost adam you know we were able to get through it and also when we're older you know we're very lucky as well because none of our children have any diagnosed issues there's ADHD running through the family and (laughs) I'm definitely touched with some of it but so yes we are blessed that I have come from a good background a stable background my children have come from a stable background as well so all of those things have helped us 
to have a wonderful family life now, 15 years later. And again, I do stress that we were very lucky that we never had to deal with any serious psychological or physical or mental health issues in our family other than the usual stuff of fighting and stressing over stuff. So, yeah, so that's basically how it all started, I suppose, you know, back in 2007. With that, then, what I did, I said, I have to remind parents of the importance of all this. So I didn't know what it was going to be. And I wanted to do a website, which was a place where you could go, where there was a lot of resources of what can I do with my kids today? Is there a local match on down down the road, you know, that you can go football match? Just bring them for a walk. There happens to be a game on or whatever it is. All of that stuff. And there's millions of websites that are doing it now. But back in 2007, there wasn't. So that was my first thing. And then I started writing to remind myself about the fun that I had with Adam and the times that I spent because we had very little video because there was no camera phones back then. As I started writing, I, you know, I was thinking of our time down in British Bay Beach and I said, you know, I love you much more. The big sandy beach was one of the first things that kind of came into my head. And then, you know, as I was thinking of my time down there, you know, I love you much more the big sandy beach with sand dunes so high, they seem far out of reach because down in British Bay, they have these big, huge, the big hill, as we call it. So there's a lot of these big, huge sand dunes that when you're a kid, they're like Mount Everest. And I remember going back when I was a kid to this, you know, sandy hill, which is down at Curraclow Beach when I was a kid. And then I visited as an adult and went, God, it's not really as big as I remember it being, you know, so I had that. So that just carried on. And then I went, you know, God, if we were able to build sandcastles, how much fun we would have and how we connect. And then that just carried on to, I love you much more than the sun, moon and stars. And if we could go together. So the Before You Sleep book, which is the one that's behind me there, it had the image of and the message and the philosophy of spend the time with your children at the end of the day, spend 10 minutes reading to them, tell them that they are loved before they go to sleep. And that's all anybody needs. So the book will be a magical journey where a parent and child are going together on an adventure. So you're bonding. And then there's a lovely emotive expression of love and connection before they go to sleep. And when they go to sleep, they're happy. They know that they're loved. And that for me is parenting, you know, number one, talking to them, bring them for a walk, tell them you love them and read to them. And after that, you're on your own because everything after that for me depends on you know a parent's childhood and what they experience as a child the children you know your socioeconomic environment your you know the schools that they're in the peers that they're friendly with you know your own experience with your brothers and sisters everything is so different and so random that there's no right answer for anything else but for me if you can give them those zero to five years of walking chatting spending the time telling them that they're loved and sending them asleep secure and happy because zero to five, I keep mentioning this age group because it's so important. That's when all of the synaptic connections in the brain are connected. So that's when their brain is built. So anything that comes after that, then you're either trying to undo or recreate or whatever, or make it better as best you can. But if you get it right in the early ages, you've just got a better chance of things being a little bit of an easier, happier, less confrontational ride on the way. And the reason why I know that from our oldest is now 22, and then we've got a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. And so far, besides the usual pick up your clothes or whatever, 
the relationship is based on respect and trust and communication and our family code and our family brand. I mean, I always kind of say we have a brand in our family and it's about respect for ourselves and for others and kindness. So the kids have grown up with this and it's never to be a follower, be yourself, make your own decisions. So that's been my experience. And by chance that so far we seem to be doing okay. But I read to them from the day they were born and we brought them for walks and we spent a lot of time with them. And I put it all down to that, you know. Oh, well, I think what you're doing is incredible. I mean, when you guys, well, I remember on the boat when Johnny said to you, or you were like, oh, I write these books. Because you're actually, oh, I'm an author. And we we're both talkers. We we're both, we we're chatting yeah, at each other yeah. probably for the first 10 minutes of excitement. Ah! And then, but Johnny was like, oh my God, it was nearly crying to you just by knowing the books as in like didn't know the background story but he used to read them to the boys when they were when they were small and obviously like having a I don't want to say a broken home a separated family as in like he was separated he was raising the kids on his own he had the access never so it was such an important time for him because he wasn't there reading the bedtime stories during the week and that is why he was so emotional and then you told us the whole story with Adam and it was just like do you know, and I'm so sorry again for you and Jackie for your loss. I, I can't imagine, I honestly can't. And we talked about this several times after we left you guys. And I was kind of going, God, they're so fucking inspirational. And I was like, I'm going to bring them on. I want to get your word out there and whoever. But I want to tell you a story that you also don't know from that day, right? Potentially. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But actually, you don't know the full story. So we were going out. And I want you to go into a little bit this about Adam because you guys had said that you're like, he's in like, kind of felt like, in like his soul knew that he was only going to be here for this shorter time. And the impact, I remember, because we talked a little bit, I must send Jackie that Mocha Dots podcast actually as well, which, which similar situations sparked him on to create this happiness movement and wake people up and bring them back to like what living is about. And like at the end of the day, it's not, the, as we were saying, the big house and the cars, it is about this important connection quality time. But anyway, we were obviously on this cruise and we we're going out swimming for turtles or swimming with the turtles I don't know if you remember this right but like I was behind you because I was obviously mad after chasing this turtle as well and you were hell for leather you were going to that turtle no matter what and like there was tons of turtles around but one of the guides was a bit like he's a bit of a dick now to be honest like he's really like can you get away from the turtle and he was saying to you but you obviously couldn't hear him because you're going under the water and then at one point he was like to the others going, oh, guys, if anyone wants the turtle, follow the Irish guy in the orange shorts. He's going to make sure <laughs> no one sees the turtle. You probably didn't hear this, did you? No, no, no I didn't hear this. No, oh, I didn't say it because like, no. I was kind of going, I was like, oh, the guys, he's been a bit of rage. I'm like, there's a sea full of turtles here. Like, so everyone can go around and find their own turtle or whatever. And I was like, God, he's a bit over dramatic. But anyways, later that evening, do you remember we were going to this art DJ thing afterwards anyway and I invited everyone that we were hanging around to go and one of the guys happened to be there and said oh on about the Irish one thing or another and, I, and he was like oh well you know your man in the in the orange shorts he was going nuts over him going after the turtle and I was kind of going do you know what I was like don't judge and he was like what and I was like I had this like profound lesson tonight. we're not supposed to be allowed to go after the turtles or was it just no like, we weren't allowed yeah, to go after I, I, I the another reason why in a minute, yeah. He said go, or I don't know, at the start, to be honest, or did he say hover? He, he, I think at the time, because there was only one in the area, he was kind of going, don't hover over him because he was swimming away. And then he wanted all the others to catch up with where me and you were. Anyway, regardless, that's not the point. 
Sorry for revealing it live on air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, but no, no, this is phenomenal. So I said to him, I was like, do you know why? I was like, do you know why the guy, that guy was hell bent on touching that turtle? And he was like, no. And I was kind of going, I was like, he lost his son. I was like years back. And I was like, this trip for him and him connecting with that turtle for him was like connecting with his son. And that's why it was so important. And your mom was just been a bit like overreactive about the entire thing. And I'm him and his sister were like their jaw nearly dropped to the floor. And I was like, I don't mean this is criticism to you. I'm like, even to myself, I'm kind of going, we never, ever, ever know what is behind Absolutely. the intentions behind someone's action. And Absolutely. yeah, yeah. I was kind of going like, I was just sharing like, cause obviously I thought it was inspirational, but I was just like, yeah, I don't know. There was like so many life lessons that came from that interaction with you guys. And obviously we flew back together as well. So yeah. Tell us about the turtle. Tell us about the adventures. I don't know how to start. Well, sorry, there's two things I want to say. First of all, when you were saying about Johnny and the situation that they're in the children. So, and that's a really, really difficult situation to be in that, you know, you can't be there for the kids when you want to be. And, you know, once somebody is saying it or one, it doesn't have to be every night. Once it's even at a weekend, once they know, that's it. So if you're there every day, great. And a lot of people can't be there every night or maybe one parent is put into bed and then the other parent comes in over the weekend and does a story. So just to go back on that, it's about once they're told in, you know, as much as you can on your circumstance. But anyway, because not every family is, you know, a mum, a dad and the kids. It can be two mums, two dads, one mum, one dad, whatever it is. So there's a lot of different situations. Right. So go back to this. So. We were there because my son's working in the shower and he got a friends and family do. So he went down there with his friends and he said, oh, my God, did I touch the turtle? And I went, oh, my God, that's amazing. And he said, oh, I wasn't getting away with it. He said he had to swim down and he had to touch the turtle. And he said it was amazing to do it. So I'm swimming around there and I'm kind of going, OK, this is absolutely incredible. And so I'm swimming around and I see a few tur- turtles and I go, that's great. And then my son Harry's in my head. And he said, oh, my God, because he'd be so connected with Adam as well. And even before he went on the trip, I said, Harry, if you're going to swim with the turtles, I'm going to pay that for you. That's a little present from Adam from you. So I want to make it special for you. So because of maybe I said that he wanted to do something. So anyway, he touched his turtle. So when I'm there swimming around and seeing a turtle, I go, that's amazing. And but he was a bit far away and all the rest. And then there was one down right at the bottom. He was just sitting there doing nothing. And thankfully, from years of loving snorkeling and, you know, nature and all that kind of stuff as a kid, I was able to dive down. So I went down about 15 feet and I literally just touched him very gently on his back. And I went, OK, that's and I didn't want to disturb him or anything. I said, that's done. So as I'm coming back up, I see him. I'm looking at him and I see him. He decides to follow me up beside me. So I'm swimming for about you know, five, you know, meter or two, and he's literally beside me, as in he's here in my head. So I put my hand out and I place my hand on his shell and I'm swimming with him for about, I don't know, five meters or something. And then I like to think he winked at me, but we were definitely having this, hello, turtle, and how are you? And oh, it, was, it was incredible. And then he just, off he went. Now, the reason why that was so kind of particularly nice for me is that this is Adam's uh, pirate treasure and here is one of the turtles 
that's in the book. Now, this book was written in 2010 or something like that. And we're on the Late Late Show with this one here. So when I had that experience, sorry, I get emotional thinking of it. That was my connection to Adam. And now when you look at this on a life experience or a bigger one, you know, I didn't need, we were very lucky to be in Barbados. And it was kind of one of those in life type things. And it was great being there. But we got up off, the, you know, the beach, got in the bus, went over, paid the money, and we went, we want to experience, and it wasn't just because we were in Barbados, we wanted to, I wanted to experience the sails going up, because it was a catamaran under sails, so there was no engines going for a certain part of it, and the idea of seeing the shipwreck, you know, because it adds pirate treasure and shipwrecks, I was totally immersed in all of that, and to have touched the turtle was something that started 15 years ago. That encounter just didn't happen. Every single step, every single email, post, word I wrote, show that I went to, sales that I made brought us to this point. And I was able to oh, immerse myself in Adam's world in that moment and touch the turtle that was on the beach and he went off. So that for me is what came around all of that was, and I've had lots of experiences like that. So it didn't overly emotionally get me at the time because we've a lot of those because we make them happen. And so what I try to, you know, my philosophy is, is that, you know, you have to make things happen. I always have a couple of analogies of, you know, how do you get over grief and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's life. So it's not just recovering from grief. It's how do you live a good life? And for me, everybody's going to be hit, as you said, everybody's going to be hit with something, whether it's an illness, an accident, a death, a separation, a loved one gone, whatever it is, we all get hammered by it. And then it's how do we cope with those? Going back to what I was saying about zero to five, what happens in those, those years is where the tools are delivered to children to cope with what comes later. So, And that's not just me. That's child psychology 101. That's where all the resilience is built. So to get through all of these, it's how you cope, how much you need versus how much you want. It's how much you're prepared to wait because life is about being very, very patient. So we all want everything now. I want everything now. Do you know what I mean? But with this journey of the books, it was very strange. I just wrote a book with no plan and not what am I going to get out of it? My career was, I want the next job, I want the next promotion, I want the next bonus, and I want it all now, and I want to be top of the game, and I want to be able to go on these amazing holidays. But that's not how life works. You've got to build and you've got to get there. And every single step of your journey will take you. So when I look at my own life and that moment, it was everything that happened the whole way through got me there, you know, bit by bit. You know, the whole trip in Barbados, it was incredible. And we'll probably never get back there again. So, what? Yeah, oh, yes, we are. I it's would like to. Yeah. yeah, well, I might swim and canoe and bring my tent, but hopefully we get there again. If you know, So, and that's because there was no plan or no expectations. You know, this is something that just happened. And it happened without coming from that pain or purpose out of pain. You know, I was hit by something. The immense pain and grief that we had generated this desperate need to remind parents of the importance of family and spending time. 
as a survivor mechanism for life, to be honest with you. And that's what I do. I mean, what I do, I don't have any of the answers, but as a philosophy in my own journey, it's about that survivor mechanism of how do you get through life and how do you get through all of these things? And getting through all of those things is by doing things that you feel are important about, make you feel good, but don't expect your reward from it because you never know when you're, you only get to a place and realize you're at a place when you arrive there. You know, you can't just, you know, walk through a door and arrive at, you know, a load of books being published and so on. You just do each step by step. Step by step. If you have an overall plan, sometimes that can distract you or distress you. My overall plan is just pay the bills and that's it. Now, yeah, I have a lovely vision of for Adam, I want to be in global and Harry Potter style and all that kind of stuff. And maybe that will happen and probably not in my own lifetime. But I keep making all of these steps. And here's, I think, what's just occurred to me is that I don't want it all to happen now. I don't stress about it. I go, we're all doing fine. We keep on going. We'll keep on doing, you know, one day at a time. And, you know, then you look back a year later and you go, wow, we made another year and it's good. And actually, we're a little bit further ahead this year, both on our grief with Adam or the business or the kids growing up. And yeah, that's basically how things have worked out for us. And that turtle moment was everything that came before it. It did just didn't happen there. So you can't go and have that experience and go, I'm going to go and touch a turtle because that's what I want to do today. It's like, no, it, it's something that's in there. I want to touch the turtle, but it was only when I was there, I realized it was a turtle from the book or, you know, it just happened. So think things happen when they're supposed to, you know? Oh, so much. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, I even take that as a reminder to myself as well. Cause like, I mean, in business life, I'm like, I want this, I want this, I want, I have a vision but also to be grounded in the everyday as in like life happens now. And I really learned this a couple of years ago, actually. And it's something, it had something to do with becoming like a stepmother. We say bonus mother now and we're, we removed the Disney <laughs> stigma around the entire thing. Right. But it was something to do with expect. Oh, it was like, it was kind of like, we'd. oh, I'm going to organize this family day out. But there was an expectation that this is the way it's going to go. And the kids will show gratitude when you finish. And it's all going to be like the freaking Brady, Brady bunch, whatever. And I got a real sharp lesson in that, right, in terms of like expectation being the root of all heartache. And that is in terms of being a parent, in terms of dreams, life, whatever. And I, the same as you, with like my expectation, the only thing I wanted to do in that boat cruise was have fun. Yeah, yeah. But out of that then, like, you know, it became new friendships and deep chats and like real, and like, yeah, like real, some real profound moments. The turtle, obviously, the turtle's experience was obviously completely different for us both, but like, Real like, oh my God, this wonder. And as you said, it's all the series of the little steps that led to that moment. Because actually both of us then booked at the trip like real last minute. It wasn't like as if we were booked at 10 months ago. But I'm always like, I'm always like to Johnny, obviously I'm really big into manifesting and the universe and ever. And he's here kind of going, Elaine, he's like, it's nuts. He's like, I really see the proof of, of what you bang on about now. And, I, and even yeah, just that yeah. interaction with all of us and, you know, we could have just been, well, how was your holiday? Where'd you go? And we were straight into the depths of like, yeah, what's your, what's your purpose? And, and here's another thing is, um, you know, Jackie, my amazing wife has taught me a lot of these things. Ask other people about them. So I'd often, you know, how you do. And I don't like to pry or anything like that, or, you know, to be too nosy about other people's lives or whatever. But, you know, it's amazing how one little question of, you know, oh, 
you know, where are you from or what do you do or just simple stuff. When you ask people about them, you ask them the next layer down, a little more probing questions. Then you kind of start getting into people. They open out to you. So, you, you know, I would always give, you know, who I am if somebody asks me and then I'll ask them a question and then if they ask me another layer down, something a little bit more, pro- I'm happy to give it because it's a two-way thing. So that's the first thing of how you never know how a relationship is going to happen until you actually ask those questions and answer. So ask them about them and answer the questions they ask about you. The other thing that actually occurred to me is, you know, it's, you know, life and business and planning. You know, when you take some examples of, let's say, you know, you're, I don't know, you're organizing a big 21st birthday party in the middle of summer and you're going, oh, it's going to be amazing and we're going to fireworks and we're going to do this and it's going to be great and we've got loads of people there and we're going to have a drink or whatever. And then on the day you kind of go, shit, it's pissing rain. And okay, we're not going to get everybody in and it's going to be terrible. And you're freaking out about it and all the rest. And then everybody comes and then actually the rain stops in the end. And it's Actually, there's a perfect example. When I went, one of the strongest memories I have, we bought Adam camping. And we were going to do this camping and it was lashing ray and we planned it all week and we got all the stuff and tents or whatever. And it was a case of we're going camping on Saturday and then it was lashing rain. And now I mean one of those during the summer, thunder and lightning nearly. And I was looking at the weather and I said, look, it's fine. We'll go anyway because you can camp in the rain as well. So the idea was we were going camping, but we didn't have any expectations of what it was going to be. We didn't plan too much other than have a tent and food. But it turned out literally as we started walking across the little river in British Bay Beach over onto the sand dunes where we were going to have it, it stopped raining. And we woke up the next morning and the sun was blistering through the skies and it was the best, you know, one of the most profound experiences I ever had with Adam. So you can plan things, but you can't plan them exactly how, you know, you want them to go. Life is like that. You can't plan life and go, I'm going to have this house or I'm going to be you know, have this job, we're going to have this money. You just don't know. You can aim for something of, I want a nice life and you just start doing some things. And the last thing just to add on to that is myself and Jackie often walk about the best thing you can do with your kids is plan nothing and literally walk out the door. Okay. So to give you an example, you know, all of our kids are mainly grown up and they're doing sport or whatever. So myself and Jackie stuck to this principle that we have. So we walked out the door the other day and we had the dog and then we and we go up here and then we walked around, you know, the park. And then your know, friend of hers rang and she said, here, listen, you know, what are you doing? Oh, we're out you know, having a walk. And, you know, do you want to join us? For, we're going to thinking of going for a pint, maybe. Oh, we see you there. So we had this walk. We went out, we had a couple of pints, had a great chat with friends and went home. Now, nothing was planned there, but we had one of the best nights of the whole Christmas. So just by literally taking that action of, walking out the front door or taking a step and that for me is something that i'm not brilliant at all the time and don't get me wrong i stress i plan i do what everybody else does but i do try and counterbalance that with oh here do you know what let's just go off and you know, just walk out the door and see where it takes us leave um, room for the magic yes i mean i'm nearly annoyed you said it because that should be something i'd be saying but i'm glad <laughs> you said it because that means my whole point is coming through let the magic just do what the magic does it'll find you if you walk out the door your magic is going to find you and your experiences will find you and they're the things that get you through the rest of the hard stuff when not if when they come yeah so that's more waffling but 
hopefully. No, it's not. And I'm sure anyone listening is just like, oh my God, this is so inspirational in like on so many different levels, right? And there was one thing, well, naturally, I haven't got you into the human design, but I will. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the five yeah. one of my profile is like, hmm, how are you going to grow this? How are you going to scale it? Are you going to do a cartoon, Benji? Everyone in the world needs to know about this, whatever. But when we were talking about this, you were kind of going, is it like staying at the book, right? And I actually, I really totally agree with this. And I've actually been like looking at the kids differently, I suppose, <laughs> since coming back in terms of, of having that time in the evening, like completely screen free, even for, cause like I see, this might be a bit of a tangent now in terms of social media. We, cause we talked about this briefly before, but even as an adult and a business owner, we put a post out there, right. And we're like, oh my God, how many likes did it get? Blah, blah, blah. Which right is looking for validation, recognition, approval, all these things. And back to your point on the zero to five. So obviously I do a lot of work with the subconscious mind. So we're looking at the theta state, zero to seven, where all our programming, the conditioning happens. So re-emphasizing your point and the importance of giving kids the tools. Because today's day and age is a different ball game in terms of, oh my God, social media, bullying, validation. And I'm here looking at these kids now that they make a video. I had to catch them the other day in this, Right. Because I have to also have to catch myself as an adult, right? Of kind of going, oh, where's my phone? And I'm kind of, no, you're not getting it for the first two hours a day. Why? And I'm kind of going, I was like, what is it? What do you want to check right now? You want to check that TikTok you did with your cousins last night to see how many likes you got? Yeah, why? And I'm kind of going, because you're looking for validation. If the first thing that you're doing in the morning is looking for validation, I'm like, you are screwed when you go into the workforce because they're going to yeah, yeah, yeah. constantly trying to prove themselves. And it's not back to that authentic, true selves as we've talked about. I'm kind of going, what is wrong with the world? So I actually was like, Benji's so right. Just keeping them as like on a physical storybook with your kids as sitting down and having the discussion point to be able to talk about things as well. And, 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 and is there no enough validation there by saying to a child that I love you before you go to sleep? So when they wake up, that's the first thing, that's the last thing they heard. So their validation, sorry to interrupt you, but. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of that, look, I used to work in telecoms. I don't know how all this ever came on. I'm just one of those. I don't get it. I never get it. Yes, I have to do it. And yes, I find it very difficult. I want to connect with people. And then I'm kind of going, ah, did I not connect there? Or did I not get my point across? Because it didn't get the same number of likes and shares. And, you know, then, okay, I've got to try harder. And I've got to you know do something more inspirational, more wonderful or whatever it is. But when it comes to the kids on it, Again, going back to some of my own experiences with kids, like from the minute your children are born, they're like a ship, okay? When a ship is in the port, you've got to put the fuel in it, you've got to put the food on it, you've got to put the passengers on it, and then it sails out of port. So if you think of your child and your parenting job as preparing that ship to set sail, they're you know, one year of age, they're actually trying to break anchor, trying to get out of here because they want to see the world and they want to go on their big voyage and experience the world and explore. But at five, they're gone, okay? And they are moving away from you the whole time. And the people on that ferry and their surroundings are now their influencers, okay? So if you look at that as a bunch of TikTok people, they're the ones who are going to have a much bigger influence on your children the wide world after once they start getting out there in school, other families, play dates, right from an early age, they are just getting this external influence 
that you may or may not like. Oh, God, look at the way that that child hit my little fella or didn't share. That's not right. And the parents didn't do anything or maybe they were overly this or whatever. So we're always looking at that's not how I would do it. So from the minute the children are born, they're getting all of this influence. So the more the longer you can keep them insulated from those more negative influences that you don't want them to have, for me, the better. It gives you that time to imprint, you know, my family values on them and my respect and my level of communication of, I don't care what Johnny's getting. That's his family. We don't do that here. You're not getting the whatever. And that's what I've done. And that's been something that's been embedded in the programming from that early age. So they're the type of things that I'm hugely, you know, massive about, which is keep the external influence as low as possible, particularly in their informative years. When they get older, they need it anyway because their peers, they have to have their friends and they've got to learn and develop their own personalities and all that kind of stuff. Then, so the more that you can do that with them, I think the better chance that they have of having their own mind and having their own internal, you know, reassurance and affirmations as well. So that's kind of how, like, I'm not a parenting expert at all. These are only my own philosophical views but they are pretty much backed up by you know research and all that not that i've done and i often talk about a child and i've I've written a blog on it you're in you know a child is like a big mainframe computer when they're born they're in the corner of the room now they're not going to do anything until one you plug them in and they turn on and like the lights are flashing and it's making noises and and it's sitting there but it's not connected up to any data source so you've got to feed this computer data. You've got to load up its software. You've got to put its operating system in or whatever, all the rest. And then it starts, you know, you can do your Excel on it and all the rest. And then you kind of go, right, we can't do much more with my computer other than use Word and Excel because that's just on the system. Then you open it up to the internet and you get all this TV and internet and social media. And then your computer is just doing all. So kids are kind of the same. So you got to plug them in. You got to open up their and stimulate all of their senses, their eyes, their ears, and feed them data so they they can install their own operating system. And then that will prepare that operating system to be able to deal with all of the information overload that comes. They can process it. They store it. They put it away. We don't need that. You know, memory retrieval. I know where that file is. I'll go all of that kind of stuff. So for me, they're the analogies that I often use of parenting and family and going back to life balance when you will always get more out than you put in so it's easy to put in it's busy but it's easy to put it in when they're older or when they're younger when they're older and they're dealing with all of the issues that they have to deal in you know teenage years and careers and who am I and oh the world and it's the wars and all that kind of stuff so you've got to make sure that they are, you know, covered with all of that. So and have all the, all the tools, like no, and all yeah, it's given the tools. And for me, nature, you know, going out walks, and actually, for me, the nature and the walk. The reason why I say that is because how often do we hear of learn to breathe, listen to the sea, go for a walk, hug a tree, look at a leaf falling down, and look at beyond just the woods but get into the woods and look at all the creatures that make it all work and then you're kind of going 
you know, you're in this calm, quiet environment where you just naturally start breathing and you naturally, you know, meditate because you're not worrying about stuff. You're looking at a flower or you're looking at the waves crashing or you're in swimming or whatever it is. So all of those type of things. And if you have a love for that and an ability to enjoy a walk, the simplest thing of enjoying a walk and reading a book, that's just natural meditation and natural relaxation. So again, all comes from. I know. And you know what? So back to actually the programming that we experience as children, right? You need to work hard for your money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or into, into the pattern of people pleasing. And I think that, like, I mean, it does obviously affect men as well, but I think particularly women haven't got, it's only in the last 10, 20, it would be a stretch, but, you know, and particularly as a woman in telecoms, I'm sure, and Jackie will vouch for this as well, like, we worked our ass off, but she said to me, Elaine, if I want to go out and find, do something for myself, it just occurred to me that I am working my ass off. I'm not getting the time I want to spend with my children building someone else's dream. And if I work this hard for someone else, imagine how hard I'd work for myself. That was almost kind of a worry for her going like, geez, should I go into business? And I was like, no, I was like, this is back to unraveling the program of what we've been of kind of going like, I'm like, who are you trying to prove something to? And I'm kind of going, when I was setting up my business, I'm like, well, it definitely I was repeating that program a little bit into the first six months, like working mental. And then I'm kind of going, no, I was like, I am doing this to have a better, well, pursue my purpose, but to have a better quality of life. I want freedom and fun and build my life around the values. Kind of like similar to what you said, but you're having family values as well, do you know? And it's just, and I just think, so now it's so funny because I just sit and I look at kids, I'm kind of like, right, what are they getting this exposure to? Are, are we giving them the appropriate tools that they need and opening up the conversation? Because you're talking about like a programming system in the corner. When we, back in the day, right, we had dial-up internet connection. It was the Encarta CD. Remember that came out once a year and that's where we got more information about the world every freaking Christmas. And now they literally have the entire world dropping in into their little processing system. And I think it's amazing. I think it's phenomenal what you're doing and that you're like, you know, I'm creating a physical book that I sit and talk with my child and get them back to their imagination. So they see that wonder when they're out in nature. And the wonder is not just like some 4K bloody video that they're looking at on TikTok. Yeah, All of that kind of visual stuff. I mean, we used to have the little DVD players and, you know, we'd be out, we'd bring them for a walk, we'd have the dinner and then they'd just be getting tired and narky. So we'd say, look, shove them in the buggy now because they're tired. They're knackered from their walk and you get with them. But what you were saying earlier on about, oh, because I just wanted to make a comment on that. Um, so when you're talking about working hard, I think everybody who has any kind of ambition is that when you're in your, you know, your early twenties and you're not married and you know you don't have kids, you do work because there's work and there's fun, and you everybody works their backsides off with the hope that you will have this, you know, foundation of which to have a fairly stable life. But as you get older you know, you do start looking for more. It's like, okay, I've done a lot of work and I need to realize that there's a lot more to the, you know, to the world. Because working at that age is great fun because we used to go out and have great fun and went off on trips and went to the pub and because we don't know else to do other than work and have great fun. But when you have family, then it's different. And so a maturity then starts kind of kicking in. And one of the things what's lovely about working for yourself is yes you do work hard but you get to a stage where you kind of go do you know what we've done enough profit you know this year we don't need to 
do better next year. You know, corporate business, and when you work, it's always about more profit, more customers, better, you know, lower costs, all of that stuff. And you're in that world and it becomes your, you know, the system that you're in. Whereas when you're working for yourself, it's fly by the seat of your pants. There's one minute you have no money at all and you have no work and you're freaking out. Then you're working your ass off just to pay somebody a printer and you still have no money. But as I was saying, each of those steps that you take over a period of time gets you into a situation where you like to think things are a little bit more like I worry every year about am we going to make it? And every year we manage to pay the bills. So you get to a stage of that's enough. Now, do you know what? I'm going to go off now. I'm going to have a walk now because, you know, everything is okay, And I've done a few bits and pieces. And then there's days where it's seven days a week and, you know, that's a busy time of the year. So. The beauty of working for yourself, having that work-life balance is you actually can say that's enough, whereas in corporate, it's never enough. Oh, yeah. More targets. Oh, we're able to do this. That's increased that by 20%. But tell me, I'm giving you more than enough. And we're going to go, I'm going to just going to push it a little bit more there and building your sustainable empire. Tell people, I'm going to put all your links and everything into the show notes oh, for good, your yeah. website and your Instagram and all that stuff. But Tell people how they can buy your amazing books. You've got bundles. And bear in mind, obviously, as well, anyone, people are tuning in from all over the world here. So what's the story with shipping and your lovely new bear? Yeah, so everything is on adamscloud.com because Adam's an angel and he lives on his cloud and it's .com. So we are uh, global. So so we ship worldwide. There's obviously shipping costs and stuff. Ireland and the UK is obviously a little bit cheaper. And we are still trying to figure out having stock over in the US and all these other places. I'm going to the Bologna Book Fair, another little step on my journey in March. So yeah, everything, adamscloud.com. We have the beautiful Before You Sleep Bear, which I don't actually happen to have on me, but that's in there. So that is the actual bear. So this image, a child will be told that they're loved and they're going to have the lovely, full of love, hugs and kisses bear that we fashioned on this. He doesn't have the red cheeks, unfortunately, but everything else is pretty much as is. And yeah, so we're thrilled with him. And he's going to have his own TikTok account at some stage. So keep an eye out for the Before You Sleep there. That's what we're thinking. But we're on Facebook, on Adam's Cloud and Instagram and soon to be TikTok as well. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for sharing your inspirational story and all of the advice for everyone that's in there. And I'm like, anyone else that's listening, I'm sure if you are in animation, want to make a cartoon, or you want to stock his book in your shop, wherever you are in the world, get out and get in touch with him. Because I'm like, that step led to this step, which led to our, obviously us meeting, to you coming on here, and who knows what the next step that's going to come out of that is. And that's exactly. the wonder of taking the step. So take action, everyone. Be present. And we will be back next week. Yeah, and we didn't plan this before we went on holidays and something happened and here we are. So that's we leave it at that point. Just keep on doing stuff and having fun, everybody. <laughs> yes, exactly. Fun is actually one of my, fun, freedom, my life values. Sorry, we didn't plan this. I didn't even know you a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we ended up yeah. flying home, hijacking seats and drinking mimosas in the airport. And who thought that I would we'd be all going nuts, dancing away on a cruise, having great fun and not a care in the world. And so, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> live life well thank you so much benji you're very welcome and thank you very much everyone for listening thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your journey and activating your higher self 
I'm so grateful to every listener in this community and would love to know what you think. So drop into my DMs or send me a message and be a part of the expansion of our collective by subscribing, sharing and leaving a five-star review. And let's rise and flow together. Thank you.